Hey guys, your chapter 19, Pursuit of Proverbs study in the book of Proverbs, all right, on small group, on social. So, um, like always, we're going to start out in prayer and then I'm going to read the passage, then we're going to dive into some of the scriptures with greater context and application, all right? Dear Father God, thank you, thank you, thank you. This has been one long journey so far, but a wonderful journey nevertheless in which you have shown me wonderful and great things through your scripture. I'm so grateful to be able to have um, come across this study so that I may grow and have um, greater faith in you knowing your holy word. Please continue to keep us close no matter what. Just help keep us close. We thank you and we love you forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so chapter 19, starting at verse 1. Better is the poor who walks in his integrity than one who is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Also, it is not good for a soul to be without knowledge, and he sins who hastens with his feet. The foolishness of a man twists his way, and his heart frets against the Lord. Wealth makes many friends, but the poor is separated from the friend. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who speaks lies will not escape. Many entreat the favor of the nobility, and every man is a friend to one who gives gifts. All the brothers of the poor hate him. How much more do his friends go far from him? He may pursue them with words, yet they abandon him. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who speaks lies shall perish. Luxury is not fitting for a fool, much less for a servant to rule over princes. The discretion of a man makes him slow to anger, and his glory is to overlook a transgression. The king's wrath is like the roaring of a lion, but his favor is like the dew on the grass. A foolish son is the ruin of his father, and the contentions of a wife are a continual dripping. Houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. Laziness casts one into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. He who keeps the commandment keeps his soul, but he who is careless of his ways will die. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. Chasten your son while there is hope, and do not set your heart on his destruction. A man of great wrath will suffer punishment, for if you rescue him, you will have to do it again. Listen to counsel and receive instruction, that you may be wise in your latter days. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel is what will stand. What is desired in a man is kindness, and a poor man is better than a liar. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. A lazy man buries his hand in the bowl and will not so much as bring it to his mouth again. Strike a scoffer, and the simple will become wary. Rebuke one who has understanding, and he will discern knowledge. He who mistreats his father and chases away his mother is a son who causes shame and brings reproach. Cease listening to my instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. A disreputable witness scorns justice, and the mouth of the wicked devours inequity. 
The judgments are prepared for scoffers and beatings for the backs of fools. This is the word. Of- All right, y'all. So verse 19, there's a lot of little verses I kind of starred um, and marked off. Uh, let's start with verse 3. The foolishness of a man twists his way, and his heart frets against the Lord. So, like, someone who is into their own um, carnal, fleshly ways of mindset is consistently fighting. You're you're a fighter against the Lord. It's different from someone saying wrestle with the Lord. Wrestling with the Lord is when, while you're in your, your valleys, and go through your trial situations and your testing periods, you're not giving up on God. You're wrestling with him. You're going to continue to believe in him and to pray with him, to rejoice in him. All right? That's wrestling with the Lord. Like, like no matter what comes your way, you're like, no, Lord, I'm going to keep going until you bless me. I'm going to keep doing this until you bless me. I'm going to, I don't care if it's keep fasting or keep praying or um, keep doing something that you feel the Lord put on your heart to do until you bless me. That's wrestling with the Lord. Fretting against the Lord is when you, as an unbeliever, you already are an unbeliever. You don't have the faith, not even that of a mustard seed. You really don't talk about God except to denounce him. But for the most part, you just talk about yourself and man's philosophy and what you think in your conscience is the right way to go about life and to go about things. So all you do is boast up and bring up yourself in your own carnal mindset of what you believe the truth and knowledge and wisdom is out here when really it's all false teaching and it holds no value it holds no merit it can't even light the smallest of flames to the wisdom of God and when you that's fretting against the Lord you're just talking about your own fleshly nature your carnal mindset um, and so your conscience is seared with a high iron, um, as referenced in um, in First Timothy. All right, so um, that's fretting against the Lord. Wrestling with the Lord is usually a believer who the Lord will bring them through their trials and tribulations. You're not giving up on the Lord. Verse five: A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who speaks lies will not escape. Well. That's just a promise. He's saying they will not. They will not go unpunished and they will not escape. So um, that's just uh, comfort for you in knowing that if someone is coming against you or has come against you, just know and please rest assured, don't do anything to try and get back at them and attack them. Please understand that God has this handle. The battle is being taken care of by God. He's giving you a promise right here saying a false witness will not go unpunished and he who speaks lies will not escape. So, you know, it goes back to the whole reap what you sow thing. Their lies and calamity that they have spewed out against you or to hurt you or harm you or your reputation, it's going to come back against them. It will come back against them and it might come in another form. It could be 20 years from now if you're going through something with somebody right now. Do not fret. Rest assured that they will not go unpunished. God controls everything. He can send the spirits of the blessed or the spirits of the cursed upon people. And he can stir their lives up in ways that they can't even imagine. Let it go. Give it to God. 
forgive that person and walk on so you can receive the blessing he wants to give you. And you don't worry about that person. He'll make sure that that person gets what's coming to them and that they learn their lesson. Hopefully, it's always to learn a lesson. But if that person refuses to learn a lesson, well, don't worry about it. Just keep it keep it moving. All right, verse 8. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will find good. So that's a contrast from the verse I just read in verse 5. He who gets wisdom loves his own soul. When you're into the word of the God, when you're when you're looking for the word of God, you're trying to see what he says. You're trying to get his ways and his thoughts and how he does things. Um, you know, you're showing the Lord that you love your soul. And the Holy Spirit in you is celebrating. He's moaning for you in happiness. He's groaning for you in, in joy up to the Lord on your behalf. All right. Um, and he who keeps understanding will find good. You'll find good, but you have to keep the faith. Keep the faith. You'll find good. It might be tiring. You might feel a little burnt out. When you do, think about how Jesus felt burnt out and tired. Think about how the disciples felt burnt out and tired following Jesus and doing the things he told them to do. Think about Noah and how he had to build that ark when you start to feel burnt out. And if Noah seems a little too far from your reality, go and rent the movie movie, Evan Almighty. And maybe that'll bring it a little bit more relevant to today's time. And uh, he did not want to do build an ark. He was doing everything he could to not do what God was kind of forcing him to do. Um, But he ended up following in the end. He ended up being obedient. And so um, to think you don't, get tired of something or burnt out, just keep the faith, pray to God and ask him for help and assistance. He might send someone your way or maybe he'll just continue to give you the strength. Ask for the strength. Pray for the strength. He will answer you, especially through scripture. He will deliver. You have to believe. You have to believe. Verse 9, a false witness will not go unpunished and he who speaks lies shall perish. Just like in verse 5, it said, a false witness will not go unpunished, and he who speaks lies will not escape. Um, So he's giving you this promise twice, just in chapter 19 alone. Again, if someone's coming against you, or they already have come against you, or they slandered your name, um, defamation of character, whatever it is, do not take revenge into your own hands. Forgive them, pray about the situation to the Lord, and give it to him. Trust and believe. It will not go unpunished, and it is not going unnoticed. He knows who's lying. He knows who's telling the truth. He knows whose heart is hurting from the lie. He knows whose heart is rejoicing because they think they got away with their lie, and he will repay. They will be punished, and it could be in a, in a way that has nothing to do with this, that has nothing to do with, with this particular like strategic situation. But even if it's a year from now, 10, 20 years from now, and something comes up on them, it's because they sowed a lot of discord in their life. They sowed a lot of wicked, a lot of discord, a lot of dishonesty. And those are all abominations to the Lord. Lying, which is being dishonest, that's an abomination to the Lord. Okay, um, leading people into a pit or putting a stumbling block in front of them, that's an abomination to the Lord. Someone who's prideful and very arrogant and boastful, that's an abomination to the Lord. Um, Guys, if you go to chapter 6, and it's so funny because in chapter 6, of Proverbs, it mentions that there's six things that are abomination to the Lord, and then it's like the the um, poetic, I guess, um, f- 
flow of that chapter switched up and said, no, no, not six things, but seven things. Yes, seven things are an abomination to the Lord. And I'm going to read them to you again, just in case you forgot. It's number one is a proud look. Number two, a lying tongue. Number three, hands that shed innocent blood. Number four, a heart that devises wicked plans. Number five, feet that are swift and running to evil. Number six, a false witness who speaks lies. And number seven, one who sows discord among brethren. And in the way that poetry was written in this time, based on um, my study notes that I have down here, um, the most um, abominable of these seven is sowing discord among brethren. So we have to look at that in the context of, do you consider yourself an activist or a protester? And you think you're standing up for a good cause. It's one thing to want to do stuff to help the world become a better place. Whatever that might mean to you, we need to just look at the Holy Word to determine what would really make the world a better place. Remember, he destroyed the world with water because everyone was doing what they in their own right felt what was good to make their personal situation a better life. For them, it was a very selfish culture. They were wicked, they were vile, they were evil, they were doing all kinds of disgusting, perverted, sexually immoral things all over the place all the time. And he felt sorry that he even made them. They were sacrificing their children to the fire god and do all this other crazy stuff that was um, an abomination to God. It hurt him very deeply. So he got rid of them all. He said, Why? Why not? And I'll just start over. And Noah, I'm going to start with your family because you're the only one, the only family that I can find that is righteous on this whole earth. The whole earth, guys. Not just a city or a county or a region of the world, but the whole entire world. And sowing discord among brethren is meaning always stirring up dissension and contentions amongst people, especially amongst believers or within your own household. Uh, And so in verse 19... um, Let's jump back to that real quick. There's a specific verse um, that I circled. Um, That says, okay, a fool, this is verse 13. A foolish son is the ruin of his father and the contentions of a wife are a continual dripping. So, um, what that really means is that when you have a continual dripping, and I just mentioned to you about constant dissension, you're always stirring up strife within your own family. Now, it might not be you, but it might be someone in your family. It could be one of your parents, unfortunately. It could be one of your siblings. But you're always stirring up strife, and um, it's causing problems in the family. Okay. So, um, it says a prudent wife is a woman who demonstrates wisdom or skill. Finding the right spouse is a blessing from God, but, and that's what it means to be a prudent, a prudent wife, right? And that's in verse 14. It mentions uh, houses and riches are an inheritance from fathers and say, yeah, that's good and all that's nice, but you know, if you really want to know what's a good thing, it's a prudent wife because that, that, that comes from the Lord. 
all right? But you only know it comes from the Lord when you're equally yoked with that person to begin with. If you're just marrying for the sake of marrying because you're a certain age and you think you should be married or you're trying to rush into having kids and stuff and you haven't gone to the Lord and you've done nothing, you haven't consulted or communed with the Lord at all about anything in the direction in which your life should go or shift, then you are just living in vain anyway. And the divorce rate is so high. You know, we all want to live this fairy tale and say, oh, well, I got married at this age and uh, I had a kid here and here. But if we're having so many divorces all over the place, guys, we need to slow down and seek out whoever the Lord has for us. Sometimes it's just him. And if it is, he will give you the spirit to accept that and to love that with everything because we are to love nothing else on this earth anyway more, not even any person or child or animal. We are not to love anyone more than God himself. And so once you realize that and understand that, you will be willing to more easily accept the fact that maybe, just maybe, you are a person meant to be yoked to him directly for a specific season, maybe a certain season, or maybe all through eternity. Again, if you reference Isaiah 54, it says, do not weep for you are more blessed than those who basically are married, non-widowed, and have more children for the Lord is your maker guys Isaiah 54 is so powerful it's so important especially if you're a single parent and especially if you're a single parent and the father is not in the child's life you need to read the whole chapter of Isaiah 54 it is so for you just like it was so for it's so for me and no weapon formed against you shall prosper your children shall be taught from the Lord the Lord the maker is your husband Guys, there is hope for us all, single, married, divorced, whatever. But the number one way that we know that we're going to be with whoever we're meant to be with is when we seek the Lord first, we yoke ourselves to him first, and in the spirit, commune with him on the pathways and where we should go. And if it's meant for us to meet up with somebody that he wants to match us up with and to marry in holy matrimony in his name, then his will be done. And you will be blessed beyond blessed in that marriage, the both of you. And that's the way marriage is supposed to be. All right. Okay. Guys, um, verse 23, and then I'm going to be done because I had a very deep conversation with my mom and one of her friends just the other day. And they were talking about, oh, you know, um, you, you, we're always going to be attacked. You can, you know, his children, will, chosen will always be attacked, this, that, and the other. And I said, do you not understand God controls everything? And see, this is why it's so important for people to dig their head into the book of Proverbs, because some people will choose to focus on worrying about when Satan will strike his next attack. I find that to be quite silly and foolish that we place our focus on the negative instead of the positive and the blessings of God. Why put our focus on the curses of little D, which is um, some friends and eyes, a nickname for, for Satan, for the devil. Why put your focus and concentration on the walls of him instead of the blessings and the love and the compassion and the gratefulness and thankfulness of God. It just doesn't make sense to me. And it's just something I personally can't wrap my head around. I'm not worried so much about that because nothing can happen to the chosen people without the permission of Almighty. God had to, excuse me, Satan had to get permission from God to even muck with Job. And he said, okay, go ahead because she's my faithful servant. And so my mom's friend asked me, well, who do I think I am? And I, and I didn't say this to her, but I wish I had said this to her after I thought about it. I don't think anything, but what I do know is that I am a child of God. 
And what I do know is that his knowledge, his wisdom, and understanding just turned to the book of Proverbs. Guys, the book of Proverbs is just so rich, man. It says, man, if we do these certain things, write the 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 knowledge of him on the tablets of our heart, the, the wisdom on the tablets of our heart. If we do these things, fear shall not come near us, come to us. Why? Because he controls when and how and at what magnitude terror can come upon us when you're walking with God and walking in the light of God even when something comes upon us a lot of people be like because they know the Holy Spirit is with them they know the Holy Spirit is in the room with them and so what I'm saying is that right here guys chapter 19 verse 23 it says the fear of the Lord leads to life and he who has it will abide in satisfaction he as in God, will not be visited with evil. He will not be visited with evil. So if the fear of the Lord leads to life, and it says that he who has it will abide in him, will will abide in satisfaction. So that means if you have it, you have the fear of the Lord in your soul, in your spirit, because the Holy Spirit is within you. Hello. Then it's saying that you will not be visited with evil. Why can such a bold statement be made? Because everything happens through God. He is in total full, a hundred and a million, kajillion, infinity percent control. Satan is not. God is. Do you understand that? So when you know you're a child of God, you know whose you are, who you belong to, and you know you're a child of God, you're part of the true body of Christ in the spirit. In the spirit. Not the religious spirit, Pharisee having, running your mouth, thinking you know everything, looking down on people, judging and condemning all the time. Person. No. But when you are a child of God, a part of the body of Christ, in the spirit of the holy, God, Yahweh, yo, he will not be visited with evil. He will not be visited with evil. That's a promise. He says, will not, will not be visited. Got to go back a little bit. Sorry, I just want to make sure we're connect. We're keeping the connections because remember how I feel about something. If it says something, if there's something in the Bible twice, pay attention three times. Really take it seriously, man. He's telling you he he repeats these things over and over and over because that's his other way of helping you to meditate on the word. It's one thing if you read it, but when you read it and don't even realize that you're reading it more than once, more than twice, it's subconsciously getting stored in your memory Rolodex to a point to where it becomes a part of your life and that's how you you become alive in the holy spirit you have start having a transformation a renewing of the mind and once that starts taking place then the holy spirit has now entered and has now manifested spiritually in your spirit in your temple well enough to start developing the nine fruits of the holy spirit by way of seven spirits of god Guys, it's all connected. It sounds like a lot. I just do it you right now, but we'll get into some details of that stuff at a later time. But I want to bring this up to you. It says, keep sound wisdom. I'm sorry. This is chapter three, starting at verses 22. I'm going to read to 26 real quick. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. Oh, sorry. 21. My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion so they will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way, and your foot will not stumble. 
When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught by who? By Lil D. By who? By Lil D. Will keep. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. So no matter what, you're not going to be caught up by them. Even when it comes to visit, you will not summer keep your confidence in the Lord. The Lord tests. He tests. Wants to see where your faith is at. He tests. So when he's testing, you got to make sure that your confidence stays in him no matter what. Y'all, that's all I have for today on chapter 19. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you guys have a beautiful, blessed day. And I will see you in the next video.